0: Amen, amen, amen. Who's got their Bibles today? Word. A word. Okay, let's try that one more time. Who's got their Bibles today? Word. word. Amen, amen. Turn, if you would, in your Bibles to John chapter 9. John chapter 9. And as you're turning there. I just want you to reflect on the Spirit's work in this place today. Jesus is being magnified, the gospel's being adorned and made much of. And the Apostle Paul reminds us that it's the gospel that's the power to save all who will believe, it's the gospel that's the most powerful force in the universe. And when it's preached, when we talk about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection for sinners, God speaks, and the Spirit brings conviction, and begins to open people's eyes. And, and those who were once blind begin to see. So maybe you're in here today. And your heart has been moved. Your heart has been opened. Like you're being gripped right now. The spirit is speaking to you. And you feel like my life is in darkness. Like that's me. That testimony is about me. And Jesus is able to deal with your darkness. And we're, we're about to get ready to see it in scripture. But we just saw it writ large in living color right here before our eyes. Amen. Amen. So let's come before the Lord and pray and ask him to bless our time. Father, we thank you for this glorious word that you have given us in the scriptures, Lord, that we're reminded that you're able to touch those who are blind and give them sight. Those who are in darkness can have the light turned on. And Lord, maybe there's some in here today that just need the light turned on. They've been in darkness. They've been just pursuing things. They know apart from God, they feel guilty. And Lord, just like we heard, there's a justification for why it's going on and why it's okay. But deep down, there's miserableness. There's just a sadness. There's devastation going on. And I pray, God, that you would speak a better word than the one I've prepared. I pray, Lord, that your word would come in power. I pray that you would encourage us today and, Lord, that those of us who know Jesus in here would just soar and celebrate gospel truths that you make blind people see, that you make people who are totally needy and you provide exactly what they need in saving them and rescuing them from darkness. So Father, I just pray now that you would blow upon our hearts, that you would encourage the faith of your saints, and Lord, that you would reach into hearts and draw people to yourself, and only you can do that. It's not a work of man, it's a supernatural work of God that must take place. So I pray, Lord, summon some today to yourself in a saving way that this could mark the day that they put their trust in Jesus Christ for the first time. And we ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. John Newton once penned the famous hymn, Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost and now am found. I was blind, but now I see. That's a song about Gospel realities becoming real in a man's heart. And we just heard from Leslie uh, Leslie a testimony. That's her story. Like she was blind and now she sees. That's my story. For those of you who don't know me, I spent the first 21 years of my life living uh, a life of pursuing drugs, alcohol, party life, making a mess of my life. And destroying... All the relationships I had. And God breaks in at a low moment. And I'm in the Marine Corps. I'm completely restricted to my barracks for my sins, basically. And God sends a Christian to share the gospel with me when I'm finally just done running. And now I'm open to hear answers. And God breaks in and speaks to my heart. And she just said, you're running from God today. That's what you're doing. You've been running your whole life from God. Maybe some of you in here today have been doing that. You've been running from God. Maybe even as a Christian, a so-called Christian, you've been running from God. You thought you were a Christian, but you really aren't. Deep down, you've been hiding under the subterfuge ...of religious performance. And God's just uncovered that. And that was going on in my heart as a 21-year-old in the Marine Corps. I had no pretense of being a Christian. I hated Christians. But somebody started telling me about Jesus and how Jesus loved me... ...and how he can change my life. And I began to realize that I am a sinner estranged from God. I am running from God... And I knelt down that day and confessed my sin before God. And I just said, Lord, come into my life. And it was like 500 gallons of liquid love pouring over my head. And I was washed. And then I began to start telling people about Jesus. Just like Leslie is excited now to start telling people about Jesus. It's a unique work of God's Spirit. To open the eyes of a person who's blind to the things of God. And doesn't really see sin as sin. It takes a work of God reaching into your heart and exposing it. And maybe you're here today and you're finally like, I'm just done with the fakeness. I'm done with the running. I feel like I'm blind. I feel like I'm needy. And I'm struggling and I want to tell you that the gospel points us to Jesus as the only one who can give sight with his light to those who are in darkness. So you want to get sight? You want to be able to see what it's really all about? You want to be able to see how you can be forgiven? You want to be able to see how you can get salvation? You want to be able to see how God can renew you like Leslie was talking about? You've got to look to the one who said, I'm the light of the world. So Mark chapter 9 introduces us to Jesus who came as the true light of the world. And people rejected him rather than ran towards him because they loved their darkness. And then one day he comes upon a blind man. And let's take a look at this story. Verse 1 of chapter 9. It says, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And the disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered him, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must put or we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. And as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. And then he anointed the man's eyes with mud. And he said to him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. And so he went and washed and came back seeing. And then the neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. And others said, no, no, this is one like him. But he kept saying, I'm the man. I'm the man, right? That's comical because you got the nosy neighbors like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, right, everybody's questioning. And that just can't be the man who's sitting there begging. And he's like, I'm the man. I'm the man who was begging all those years. I'm the man who was born blind. And they said, well, then how were your eyes opened? And he answered, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to to Salome and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. And they said to him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. Now, before we get to how this story progresses, I just want us to observe a couple of things. This man was born in utter utter darkness. And this man is ultimately, we find out by the end of the chapter, he's a picture of all of us born in the dark, right? He, He was born dark in the darkness. He couldn't see. He was helpless. And when you're blind in those times, the only profession you could have is being a beggar because you couldn't do anything to provide for yourself. So he sat helplessly at the mercy of other people's charity. And so we see in this man who's completely blind a picture of abject need, a picture of vulnerability, a picture of somebody who's so helpless he can't, he can't help himself until Jesus comes on the scene. And the disciples want to say to him, right? The disciples want to say, well, who sinned? You know, why is this guy so messed up? Was it him or was it his, his family, his parents? But Jesus says, this has come upon him that the works of God might be revealed in him. This whole account of this man's healing and being given sight Was to tell us who Jesus was, was to show us the identity of Jesus. And only Jesus, as the light of the world, can take somebody in total darkness, in total helplessness, and give them sight and totally restore their life. That's who he is. He's a game changer if you've gotten to the end of your rope and you're desperate like this man. And by the end of the account, I'll just uh, skip there really quick just to show you. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast the man out and having found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? And he answered and said, "Um, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have seen him and it is he who is speaking to you now. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And then Jesus says, for judgment I came into the world that those who see, who do not see, may see. And those who say they see, may become blind. What's this business? Jesus is talking in riddles. But what he was saying to the man is you were blind. You were desperate. You realized where you were at. Totally helpless. And you looked to me. And you believed on me. And he saw who Jesus was because Jesus had opened his eyes. That's what happened in my life. That's what happens in any Christian's life. They come to a place where they come to the end of themselves. Because if you think you're good, if you think you're righteous, if you think that you're okay without Jesus, by the end of the chapter, the ones who think that about themselves are shown to be the ones who are actually blind, though they could see Jesus with their physical eyes, though they saw His miracles, though they saw everything He did, they rejected Him and they had eyes to see. And the man who's physically blind gets his eyes opened, and then spiritually comes alive to God because Jesus speaks into his life. So you got to put yourself in this story and think about what God is saying to you today. Because the reality of Jesus' miraculous work in a human life can either be received or rejected. And this man is going to have all sorts of people wanting to deny the miraculous, even though the evidence is right before their faces. This man has been... he, he Everybody knew him. He grew up in town. He, he couldn't see. He's out there on the street begging for... 30-some years. And all of a sudden, he's in his right mind. He's seeing. He's walking around. He's smelling, you know, things, seeing new stuff, seeing flowers, seeing the sunshine, seeing what people actually look like. Could you imagine? You're just in utter darkness, and then all of a sudden, you can see. For the first time in your life, you can actually see. And the people look at it and they're like, "No, this is like his twin. There must be a twin floating around, or there might, this isn't the guy." And he's like, "I'm the guy." And they're like, "No, this isn't the guy, right?" And before long, word about Jesus comes, or word about what Jesus did to this man comes around town. So they want to bring this guy in for questioning. Look at verse 13 and see how people respond. To this, and, and ask yourself, where's my heart when it comes to Jesus? Am I running towards him or am I running away? Am I looking to him as the one who can give life and light and open my eyes and deal with my real needs and deal with my real darkness inside? Or am I spurning him as a charlatan and as a fake? So look with me, verse 13, they brought him to the Pharisees. It's like the Grand Inquisition. And the man uh, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had been formerly blind. And now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. And some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God For he does not keep the Sabbath. So they're all uptight because Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath. And they're wanting to deny the miracle by saying, you know what? Jesus did work on the Sabbath. Of course, it's not work to heal somebody and make them whole on the Sabbath. But that's what they thought. And they were trying to do a little religious dodge. And we can play games with Jesus, right? We can claim all the right things. But deep in our hearts, we deny Christ. And we honor him with our lips, but we deny him with our lives. And that's what's going on is ultimately these men just they're rejecting and they're trying to find a way out of this. And some of the Pharisees say, well, this man can't be from God because he breaks the Sabbath. But others said, and this is a good question, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was division among them, just like there's division today over who Jesus is. So they look over to the blind man again and they say, Well, what what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And now he goes from saying, A man called Jesus, because he had never seen Jesus. Jesus put mud in his eyes and said, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. He goes from being a man called Jesus to he must be a prophet. He's a prophet. That's a glorious declaration because Jesus certainly was a prophet of God, but he's more than a prophet. Jesus was a prophet, but he's so much more. Nobody in the history of the world could take a man who was born blind and give him sight. And nobody in the history of the world can forgive sins but God alone. And Jesus could forgive sins. And some of you in here today are just, you're regretting so many life choices. And you don't know how to cover it up. You don't know how to deal with it. Your heart breaks when you think about the way you've lived. Maybe you feel fail- like you're a failure uh, as a parent. Maybe you've, you, you've, you've gotten addicted to drugs or alcohol. Maybe you're enslaved to pornography. Maybe you've made all the wrong choices with your relationships and you feel like you're in the dark. And Jesus says, and he's saying it to you, I am the light of the world. And I can turn the light on in your life. And I'm more than a prophet. I speak truth like a prophet. I speak the words of God. But I can actually forgive sin. I can actually give you a clean start. I actually can give you a new beginning. I actually am the one who gave sight to a man who was born blind. There's something more about Jesus. And these signs all through the John's gospel were meant to show us something about Jesus that's so grand and so glorious that when you see it, you begin to see who he is and it begins to open your eyes. John said that that was the whole purpose of this gospel was to open people's eyes so that they would see Jesus And believe who he is, that he's the son of the living God, that he's the savior of sinners, and by believing they might have life in his name. Now I want to ask you today, have you really put your trust in Christ? I'm not talking about signing a card or or walking an aisle. I'm talking about has your heart been totally given over to God? Has, has your knee bowed before Jesus? Have you really repented of your sins and acknowledged the darkness and then said, Lord, can your light come and swallow this up? Lord, can you save me from my sins? And, and Christians in here today, as, as we're thinking about this, like, like Jesus is real. Like what, what we just did back here, the baptism of Leslie Watts is, is proof. It's like this, this man... There's proof right there that Jesus can change a life. Be encouraged by that and go share the gospel. Because by the end of this, like the blind man starts getting a testimony worked up, you know, like they start turning up the heat. He starts turning up a, a testimony about Jesus. So look at it. The Jews don't believe that he had received his sight. So they call the parents in. Verse 18, so they called the parents in of the man who received sight and asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then, uh, sorry, um, how then does he now see? And the parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he's of age. He'll speak for himself. And his parents said these things... because they feared the Jews... for the Jews had already agreed... that if anyone should confess... that Jesus to be the Christ... he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore the parents said to him... he's of age, ask him. So Pharisees go to the parents... and the parents validate that he's born blind. So that's not going to work... to get (laughs) Jesus on the hook, right? The, the, The parents are saying... He's born blind. Go talk, to the, go talk to our son. So they're back to talking to the son. And now we start to see this thing ramp up. So for the second time, and that's intentional, right? John wants you to feel like it's the second time now. Inquisition number two. Second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered, I love this. He answered and he said, Whether he's a sinner, I do not know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, and what? Now I see. That's what a testimony is all about. I was blind, and I was destroying my life, and now I see. And I've come to Christ, and he's cleaned me up. When you run around blind, you bump into all kinds of stuff. When you run around blind, you do damage. When you run around blind to who God is and his design for your life, the Bible calls it sin. The Bible calls it missing the design of God, the mark, and living apart from him. And we all do it by nature. We're all like the blind man, born blind, stumbling in the dark, making messes of our lives. And it starts out real young. And then it snowballs and gets worse and worse and worse. And pretty soon you're in an abyss and you're just falling and you don't know how to get out. Are you there today? Is Jesus speaking to you today and saying, You're the one in darkness? You're the one who's without hope. You're the one who's lost. But I've come, I've come to give you sight. There's hope for people who are so far gone and they just they just need a dose of reality. That God can come in, that God sent Jesus to deal with just that kind of problem. The the gospels say Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. He didn't come to save people who thought they were all good. Those are the people who are usually the worst because they're self-righteous corrupt hypocritical they're bitter in their hearts they're full of jealousy and envy and deceit and they've got a pretense of religion and that was the pharisees give glory to god we know this man is a sinner well i know one thing i was blind and now i see and they said to him, well, what did he do to you? Now they want to f- kind of figure out how did the miracle happen? Maybe I can catch him up on this Sabbath thing again. What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I've already told you. And you wouldn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? I love that. Like, give it a little back to them, you know? Like, <laughs> Do you want to follow him too? I'll, I'm glad to tell you more about Jesus. Right? And they reviled him saying, you are, a dis- you are his disciple. But we are disciples of Moses. We are spiritual people. We know that God has spoken to Moses. But as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. And the man answered, why? This is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from. And yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. And listen, never Since the world began, has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind? And if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And they answered him, you were born of utter sin and you would teach us? And they cast him out of the synagogue. Which was like a religious sort of exile. It's like giving him the boot, you're done. You are no longer allowed to worship in this synagogue. Because you followed Jesus. And he didn't care. And Jesus, full of compassion, finds him where he's at. And verse 35. And when he heard that they had cast him out and having found him. He just has compassion. He sees you where you're at. He comes running in your need. He came to me so long ago in a moment of need. A moment of crisis. And often we will not look to God until we're brought to our knees. And maybe you're there today. And Jesus comes in and he says, Do you believe that I'm the Son of Man? Which is basically like saying, Do you believe I'm the Savior of the world? Do you believe I'm the one God sent? Do you believe that I'm the sent one? That when you washed in the pool that meant sent, that it was a picture of you being washed by the one who God would send to save you from your sins? That's who I am. And he answered in verse 36 and he said, Sir, who is he that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him plainly, you have seen him, and it is he who's speaking to you. And what is the man's response? Immediately, he says, Lord, I believe. That's the response of faith. That's what Jesus has you in the room for if you don't know Jesus today, is because He's calling you to His self. And He's he's saying, do you believe that I can deal with your darkness? Do you believe that I can deal with your problems? Do you realize I can deal with your pain and your sorrow and your broken marriages? Do you realize that I can deal with the drug addictions? I can deal with the addictions to sexual immorality. I can deal with it all. And I can bring in forgiveness and I can bring in hope. And I'm calling you to run towards hope. Lord, I believe, and then he fell down and worshiped. At the end of the day, the most important thing you'll ever do in life is kneel before God and say, Lord, I believe. Upon hearing the news that you're a needy sinner, you're blind like this man. And you've been running in the dark, bumping into all sorts of things. And you're bruised and you're battered and you're cut up. And only Jesus can heal you. And if you're a Christian in the room, that's your story. (laughs) This is my story. This is my song. And Jesus is bringing us to a crossroads right now. And I want to give you an opportunity, if you don't know Jesus, and if God's been speaking to you, and if you've been moved through this whole service, it's like, something supernatural is happening here, and I know I need rescue, and I know I need help, and Jesus is speaking right to my heart. And he would be calling you today to say, Lord, I believe. And to just let the pretenses fall to the ground and bring your honest heart to God and say, please save me. Please help me. Please forgive me. So in a minute, I want to pray. I don't want to ask you to be thinking about that. I want to ask you to think about the one who said, I'm the light of the world. And I can give sight through my light to those who are blind and trapped in darkness." And if the sun sets you free, then you're free, indeed. And there's nothing more glorious. There's freedom. I once read an account of a preacher's wife who is a famous preacher in England named Martin Lloyd Jones, and. Little did he know, he had married his wife, he thought she was a Christian, and about two years into his ministry, she just started feeling so envious. She would see people come up and give testimonies about how God delivered him from, from, from drugs and alcohol and addiction and sexual immorality and all of these things. And she would be like happy, but that deep down, like, I really, really want this freedom that they have, and I don't have it. And she had grown up in church. And she went through all the motions, but she did not know God. And finally, hearing that there could be salvation for her. She was a religious person. I thought salvation was for all the messed up prostitutes, drug addicts, and drunks. What about the religious people? And she finally realized Jesus came for her. And she repented, put her trust in Christ. So whether you're blind religiously, or you're blind because sin has just so strangled you that you can't see anymore. Jesus can heal you. And he's calling to you now. So let's come to the Lord and pray. Father God, we come before you now and we just want to acknowledge, Lord, that Jesus is at work in this service. Jesus is is calling people to himself. Lord, and just pray for those right now who maybe are particularly being drawn by the Spirit of God, drawn into a relationship with you. They just want to, they want to to lay down all of the defenses. They want to lay down all the justifications and they just want to say, I'm in the dark and I'm lost. And the Spirit of God is speaking to me now and Father, I pray that you would be drawing them to yourself. And if that's you in here today and you just long for salvation, you long for what Jesus can provide. I want to encourage you to pray with me right now in your heart. And pray, dear God, I believe that I'm a sinner. And I don't want to justify my sin anymore. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that Jesus rose from the grave. And I believe that Jesus can give me life. Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my life today. And make me a new person.